Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 14, Episode 5, titled Save a Queen. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by two loquacious co-hosts. And for once, we have someone who knows what these words mean. Uh, from Afterthought Media's podcast, The T, please say... That little bitch ain't top nothing in her life. To Jay Ellis. <laughs> Hello, Jay Ellis. How are you? It's chocolate. <laughs> Wait, hold on. How, how are you, Jay? How's it going? <laughs> I'm doing well. How about yourself? I and I, to be clear, am the host that does not know what loquacious means. Loquacious. I, think I went to school with. <laughs> I went to school with her. Yeah, Loquacia Labamba. Yeah, in, in Pacoima. Well, let's, we're gonna we're gonna find out what it means right now because uh, please say uh, also from Afterthought Media's Bring It to the Runway. Please say. I'm just a little girl. To Robert <laughs> Mata. Robert Mata, what does loquacious mean? Please educate Mr. J. Ellis. Hi, Joe and Jay. Uh, loquacious means uh, basically very wordy, very verbose, uses too many words to describe a simple definition like I'm doing now. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I would not describe myself as talking a lot or over saying things too much. So, <laughs> Joe, I want you to take that back. <laughs> By the way, wait. Wait, Taylor's not here. Yeah, where's Taylor? Uh-oh. Oh, Did he have another cardiac wait, event? Oh, wait, guys, guys. I have a special message from Taylor. Hey, guys, it's me, Taylor. You're probably wondering why I'm not there. Well, last week when we were taping Drag Race Recap, I made a quick move at the craft services table to grab a donut. And what ended up happening was I rolled my ankle. The doctors have said that I can't be on it for two weeks. So, unfortunately... My time with Drag Race Recap Season 14 is temporarily paused. But in the meantime, Robert, I don't know you, but I hope that you have fun. Enjoy this chance. And Jay, it was clear that Joe enjoys having people that are fatter than him on the show. So obviously you were the first person he thought of. So enjoy your time and I guess I'll see you guys when I see you. Yeah. Bye. Oh uh, yeah. So so ta- so Taylor will not be here today. He he rolled his ankle. So best of luck, speedy recovery, Taylor. Maybe I will clear that he couldn't complete his reign as Drag Race Recap Continental. So Robert and I stepped in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, thank you, Coco Montrese, as always, for stepping yeah. aside. Yeah, Robert is. I you know if for let's just give a quick plug. You know, bring it to the runway is an afterthought media show. You can. Get, Look, it's currently on Anchor, which takes forever to get it on all platforms. But for sure, right now, you can get it on Spotify. And you guys just started covering uh, UK versus the world, which is going to be really awkward when they make two episodes in one week. One for us, for a Drag Race recap on UK versus the world. And then they do another one. You guys should probably just put it on both, don't you think? I mean, why? Yeah, whatever works. Uh, I think we have our own feed now, so we're running with that. Um, But I think we still have to figure out what the cadence is of releasing the UK versus the world episodes, whereas yeah. our uh, bring it to the runway season 14 usually comes out on Monday. Yeah. Well, you know, so his co-host is Christian and I am That's not his related. name, not his religion. Yeah. Um, his religion is for, and well, he hates Versace. His religion is 
uh, I don't know, name a designer. I, I, Probably Balenciaga. Thank you. There you go, Robert. And uh, but what I was going to say is I've. Uh, I am not related to Christian. In fact, I've only known him for a few months, but it feels like one of my annoying cousins that I've known my entire life. It really does. That's sort of the relationship I have with him. He sends me your episode like at midnight last night, and then I wake up this morning, and he's like, bitch, post it. People, the fans are wanting it. And I'm like, I just woke up. <laughs> like this. Like this. <laughs> Christian's on his own time at all times. Yeah. Which you guys uh, recorded a big benefit. Yeah. You guys are already recorded uh, your show last night. Uh, no, we are oh. going to do that later this afternoon. Oh, but okay. this was the, a bit of a delay between the first episode of UK versus the world and us oh. deciding that we are going to do both. Oh, I, I keep forgetting that we have two drag shows happening at the exact same time. Yeah, this yeah, might yeah, be the yeah, last yeah. time you forget. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. By the way, if you want to hear Bring It to the Runway, well, you can have it in your own feed, but you can also hear it on Patreon. Jay's show, The Tea, is available to everyone on Patreon. There are so many great shows available, even though <laughs> Robert was listening to old Jay Ellis episodes from like seven years ago uh, <laughs> uh, on the but on, on Google. But uh, on Patreon, patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. We're going to talk about more about them later. But uh, so much great content. So many new people joining the show, and they're coming to the Discord. They're meeting what a great audience. And once again, I'm, I cannot plug this enough. And I was telling my cousin about it yesterday. Not Christian, an actual blood cousin. is But both of them are gay. And uh, I was telling him about how I'm very jealous. Because he was talking about a quote that Kanye said. About Kanye said that his biggest regret is he's never been to a Kanye concert or something. I'm probably paraphrasing or something like that. What right? a surprise! But but <laughs> yeah. but I was saying I can relate because I the Afterthought Media community is so amazing and and warm with each other. But when I walk in the room, Bobby walks in the room and they all shut up, you know. And so um, I wish I could be in the live episode discussion, like kicking it with them the way they do. You know, but it is, they have a blast during, the, when they watch the episode live together on Discord, they have so much fun. I can't be part of it, but, but you can if you go to patreon.com slash afterthought media. All right. This week, Cornbread exits the race. The Queens hunt balloons and record PSAs for a fake organization called Save a Queen. On the main stage, the category is Spring Has Sprung. Bosco is named the winner of the challenge while Georges and Orion Story are placed in the bottom two. In the end, Georges wins the lip sync and Orion Story is asked to sashay away. Ladies, uh, name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. We're going to start with our very own Robert Mata. Uh, Robert, uh, do you have, do, I mean, do, I mean, you've never done the show before, but do you have, uh, Tamar? But, uh, do you, um, <laughs> Tamar, have you ever done the show before? Uh, but you, do you have two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not? Did that you come to the, in the, you know, something in the chamber there? Yeah, things are things are bouncing around. I would say one of the things that I enjoyed was Ava Max like just repeatedly saying that I would wear this. This is something I would wear. I love this. Oh, this is so great for me. Yeah. And it's something that these pop girls do every time they're on the show is that they yeah. have nothing substantial to say except refer back to themselves. And I just love that commitment to narcissism. And I have I hope it happens every time. Well, also the highest compliment that they can give is that this person would wear it. I suppose I don't think that Ava Max is known for turning a look. Well, here's uh -oh. the thing, too, is I'll say this now because the only comment I have about her is later on she's talking to, I think, Orion Story, and she's like, you didn't give us energy and charisma. <laughs> and I'm like, bitch, are you listening to yourself right now? 
<laughs> no self-awareness. Yeah. Um, and I love that type of uh, cringe-inducing foolishness. Yeah. So. And then, uh, uh, yeah, what was another thing you liked? My second thing is also somewhat cringe-inducing, uh, but this time I didn't find it. I, fo- I thought Orion's story was really enjoyable this episode. Um, I think that the looks that they turned and the uh, sort of presence that they had was much more enjoyable than we've gotten the last few episodes. So for an exit episode, I thought she showed out fairly well. All right. What about, what about the thing you didn't like? Uh, there's only one thing I think I didn't like, and it was maybe – this is like such a tiny thing, and I'm not asking for anyone to get canceled or anything, but Jasmine Kennedy called Georgia a chihuahua, mm-hmm. which kind of made me raise my eyebrow. I'm just like, why, how do you not know not to call a little Mexican boy a chihuahua at this stage in the world? Well, you don't know. That's, that's how in, – in legal writings, that's how I refer to you every single time. <laughs> But I, I guess, do shake sometimes like it. I got the yeah. tremble. But I could say that, and you can say that. Yeah, true. Jasmine Kennedy, can she? Who cares? Mm-hmm. I, I, I will not be saying that. Yeah. How do you feel clear. about Chihuahua? The state of Chihuahua in Mexico. Yeah. And that's actually day. where my people are from. Oh. Uh, yeah, where are your people from, Robert? Jalisco and oh. uh, Michoacan. Mm. All right. Um, all right. So, uh, which is funny. Okay, wait. Hold on for a second. So, famously, Christians at war with the, the, um, Watch, I will say my adopted son, uh, Armando. And I think you guys don't, you guys, you guys have like a familial resemblance. Not going to say you guys look alike, but a familial resemblance. And, um, you both go to, he, here, he's currently going to Stanford. You went to Stanford and his people are from Jalisco and Michoacan. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. Uh, in general, mo- many of the, uh, people who decided to immigrate were closer to the border like yeah. that, of course. Um, and so, Immigrant communities tend to collect in the same areas, so that might be why uh, we're of all. Of course, Robert so can find logic to it. Yeah, no, it's uh, true. It's, it's no, like, it is uh, true. That's why demographic. Like, look, I am an expert in Mexican food, and I've talked about ex- extensively about how northern Mexican food is so influential on Mexican American food, and like, so that's why. So the burrito was technically. Look what you started here. The burrito was technically. It's very different from what we have here. <laughs> Invented. It's going to get loquacious. Well, because from the state of Chihuahua, Chihuahua was essentially the breadbasket of Mexico. It's sort of like what Iowa is. Yeah. And so, um, that's, so they had a lot of grain there. So that's why they have flour tortillas in the northern states. Mm -hmm. Below, they have corn tortillas. And so, you know, it was very common when the people got work that they would throw in a little bit of a guisado, a stew into some flour tortilla, wrap it up. Boom. There you go. A burrito. Of course, it comes here and, the people in San Francisco bastardize and turn it into like a everything but the kitchen sink and a flour tortilla. But anyway, what I'm telling you is, if you go to uh, well, it's changed now because America just fucking spuges its uh, culture everywhere. But before you'd go to, they didn't know what the fuck a burrito was, and even a burrito as we know it is unrecognizable in Mexico. So, but it, it shows you the influence that Northern Mexico has on our culture of what Mexican is when it's actually very like Yucatan. Culture is very different uh, than what we're used to. Anyway, that was our little history lesson. Thanks, Jasmine Kennedy. Uh, Jay Ellis, after Buzz TV's Jay Ellis, why don't you go ahead and insult us culturally, but also tell us uh, two <laughs> things like about the episode of one thing you did not. I like corn tortillas for the record. Okay. More than flour. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I wrote mine down. That's why you're so thin and I'm I... fat. Excuse me? That's why you're thin and I'm fat. <laughs> okay. Um, I... Overall, love this episode. I thought it was a really fun one, with the exception of one thing that we'll get to later. Um, I loved seeing the old queens. Having Tempest, James, and Kamora back was so much me? fun. 
Okay, go ahead. <laughs> it always works. Um, the second thing I really liked was Lady Camden this episode, and I wasn't expecting that kind of twist for me to enjoy this character you on the really show. Like me? <laughs> Did you really but, like me? I'm trying to yeah. do the weird thing she does. I don't have as long of a neck that she does. You know, to me, I'm getting like Lion King giraffe bowing the neck with like whenever I see Lady Camden. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, I see that. Um, and then the one thing I did not like was the. Well, I guess I'll get to it now. The final product, like the actual. The, so the challenge was fun to watch, but I didn't yeah. like it all bundled together. I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Messy. I don't understand the rhyming scheme. I've never seen a PSA with rhyming. I don't get so it. I, I, I question if the team, like, of producers had ever seen, like, an actual PSA. <laughs> so, anyway, that was my, like, one thing. I'm like, what well, happened here? Just, to, I know we'll talk about it in depth when we get to it, but also, were you also, like, at, especially the first time around, like, there was, z- oh, the transitions were a little too seamless. We're like, oh, we're talking about uh, James Mansfield now. Okay. I was like, how did we get there? I was like, it, it was like, it just sort of blended into one. And so. Yeah, but we'll talk about it in depth. Uh, for me, you know, I actually like you. I love seeing the former contestants. That was a lot mm-hmm. of fun. I don't know if I, I would have chosen Kamora Hall, but those first two are perfect first girl going home contestant. You would think they would use that opportunity to bring back a Vanjie because she was another first going home. Right. But um, that's what I thought. Or who else would have been a good first going home? Pork Chop. Uh, I, I was shocked that Pork Chop was not one of the options. Who's busy? <laughs> I mean, you know what? They should bring back a rando one. Like, well, you know what? So Elisa Summers or, something. <laughs> or Magnolia. She Crawford. was a queen for every yeah. season. Yeah. Or uh, um, um, what's the one from season five? Um, Taylor. Penetration. Always, penetration. Thank you. But she no, won the Facebook you know, fan vote. <laughs> yeah. But you know what's so funny, though, is well, who would have been perfect for this? And she is a comedy queen. People think she went home way too early. Who was the other one from season six? Not Magnolia, but uh, Kelly Mantle. Oh, Kelly, Kelly Mantle, Mantle would have been, been great. A great when she's LA based, you know. Um, anyway. Or even that charmer Soju, so charming. Goodness. Let me tell you what Robert doesn't know this. This Soju, Jay and I used to both work this drag con. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is before she was on Drag Race. She just had a YouTube channel, so they would put you. They would wrangle you into this press room right and then they, this is this year this particular year we're talking about and then the, they would bring the drag queens through and then you had to fight like fucking survivor people starving for food right to for yeah. the, to get a word with sasha velour and um this soju let me tell you what a fucking sourpuss bitch she just sat in the fucking corner didn't socialize with anybody you know, horrible human being. And then what's funny is on her season, she goes like, I'm known for being friendly to everybody. I'm like, really, bitch? Because I fucking saw you. You were like the most sour, dour person I've ever seen. Maybe if I was 11 years old, then she could have hit on me. God, uh, oh. too true. Yeah. Anyway, um, I thought RuPaul looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that dress looked really good. I'm sure they'll cover it on Bring It to the Runway uh, over on... Uh, Spotify and soon to be on platforms everywhere. The one thing I did not like, for my, but not for the obvious reasons, was the loss of cornbread. I do feel that apart from her chance at the competition in Wada Wada Yada 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 is that she brought an enormous amount of charisma that this cast desperately needed. And now that whole is... It's a vacuum now. There's a vacuum of charisma 
Angeria has to carry all on her own. And you really, really, really felt it this episode. And, uh, I actually feel for the post-production team of how they're going to fill that. I mean, look, the most interesting thing that they had was Jasmine Kennedy saying hullabaloo and the producer going like, what is that? And I'm like, you don't know what a hullabaloo is? Like, it's, she didn't make up a word. This is a word in the English language. This is not flase da, you know? And I'm uh, going to push back a little. If, are you done with your point? Yes. Okay. I want to, I want to say that I love cornbread. I, I enjoyed watching cornbread. I'm sure she'll be back in some aspect of the show sometime eventually. Well, you know, we love corn tortillas. So, <laughs> so why not translate it to <laughs> yeah, Miss Bread yeah, herself? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's um, my name, but, corn tortilla. I, <laughs> <Chate. laughs> but as Robert, <laughs> the boss, Chate. Yeah. Uh, Robert said it earlier that we got more of Orion this episode. I think that free not freeing ourselves from cornbread but not having her as our narrator for every episode allowed us to have confessionals from other queens and let the room breathe a little bit i don't know if that makes sense i enjoyed cornbread on my tv but it did allow us to get story out for other queens and not have a go-to narrator for every scene that's the only thing i okay i see your point i think that would be really good in like i hate doing this it's not it is not because they're both fat and black but it's like Eureka. No, just kidding. No, it's like Silky Nutmeg and Ash. Like, Silky season, there were a lot of personalities. And so if she would have been removed, it could have easily filled it up. But Sicky's charisma sucked the energy out of the room. Cornbread actually was brilliant at not I, – I didn't get that sense. She didn't really suck the energy out of the room. You did have to look at her because she is a star and she has that X factor. But I don't mm-hmm. feel – I think she was really good at balancing that. But I see what you're saying. Now we're getting to see the amazing charisma of people like Lady Camden and uh, Jasmine Kennedy. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, after Alyssa's elimination, Carrie vows to show her scary side and the queens congratulate Angeria on her cash prize. Cornbread's feeling down after being in the bottom and Lady Camden shows off her sparkly panties the next day. Uh, the girls kiki around the workroom table, but notice cornbread is missing. <laughs> it's like power of the dog, and then that moment to me are the big Oscar contenders for acting. Uh, cornbread wait, wait. appears on. Where's cornbread? Where is the fat black girl? We didn't notice she was missing. She wasn't in, in the, the van, van with us this here. morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On the way here in the van. Did they, anyway, cornbread appears on screen and reveals she suffered an ankle injury and must leave the race, sending mes- messages to Carrie, Willow, and Jasmine. Next, the queens must thrust and bust balloons with the pit crew to assign teams for this week's maxi challenge. This week, they'll write and record PSAs for the fictitious Save a Queen Foundation featuring first outs from past season. Season seven's Tempest Jour, season nine's James Mansfield, and season 13's Kamora Hall. I have a list of how the teams are broken down, but I feel that would disrupt the flow. So we'll go. At, we'll we'll hit that up when we have to. But let's start with Jay Ellis. Your thoughts. Let's talk on everything. Um, there's not really much to say unless you do after the elimination. But let's talk things. Cornbread. Let's talk things. Um, the mini challenge. I, it's like a weird mini challenge, but not. But yeah. But whatever yeah. you would call that. I, again, I feel like, okay, so the cornbread of it all, I feel like it was strange for her to do it from her room, like with an unmade bed that I, I don't understand yeah, why they she didn't. was but, done up. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of wish that they gave her a little bit more respect, like as she was leaving, because she got a little, I don't know if you watched Untucked, but she had like a little at the top of the episode of Untucked, she had like a solid three to five minutes of explaining what happened a little bit more in depth. And we kind of got to see her pack up. I wouldn't have minded that being in the main episode so that we got a little bit of more closure than like her in a hotel room. 
You know, from a producing standpoint, I just thought of this right now. You know, like when you are injured in baseball, at least, I don't know, I don't know sports. Rob, are you posing for your graduation photo right now? No, but I guess I am giving a certain amount of face. Yeah, Robert is posing very, like, with his head on his chin. But, like, you know, if I put my head on my chin, it, like, smushes my face like this. But Robert's was, like, expertly posed. Like, he was just giving face. I was the thinking man. Yeah, Uh you were the thinking man. Anyway, is – so when in sports, because they're paying you fucking $13 million a year or whatever, they're like, oh, you're injured? You're going to go to every fucking game and sit there in your fucking uniform and watch the game. I'm surprised they didn't do that with Cornbread because it would – because she is such a personality, maybe not be in the workroom and all that, but be there for Untucked when the girls came out and um, and sort of kiki when it made sense just as a presence, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which is sort of surprising to me that they wouldn't use that opportunity to do something like that. Cornbread, stay locked up in your hotel room so we can use you to entertain us. Yeah. Um, but uh, – Okay, so then, uh, uh, Rob, do you have any other? Oh, let's go on, Robert. Do you have any thoughts on the whole cornbread situation? Um, only that I think the editors shot themselves in the foot by focusing so much on cornbread the first several episodes, mm-hmm. and uh, if there is a vacuum, it's because they created it a little bit, and that's sort of a letdown for viewers who were really latched onto cornbread because they gave us so much cornbread material and. Yeah. Uh, I think you're right. Angeria really does have to step up because she's the next sort of effusive character we have on the show. Yeah, that's a really good point. One thing I will say, and Jay, you can listen here. Robert, were you as impressed as I was with Carrie's Spanish accent when she was wiping off the uh, the lipstick mirror message? Well, I don't recall it, to be honest oh, with you. Oh, it was actually quite I wasn't, good. I didn't clock it. Yeah, she's all goodbye, my Latina queen. Like in, in in a right, in a correct. It wasn't like it wasn't trying too hard. It was mm-hmm. like as if she spoke in Spanish. I don't know. Maybe maybe she's a little bit of a a Latina. I don't know. Well, she lives in L.A. I'm sure she's gotten some of it by osmosis. Yeah, if that's what you're calling it. And uh, by the way, in the B-roll footage, at least in the post elimination. Uh, Cornbread seems to be walking around just fine. Now I'm gonna hit this up when she says in her video. Well, let's talk about let's talk about the acting moment. So they come into the room and they gather around. They immediately say, "Where is Cornbread? I don't see Cornbread. Anyone?" And then they're like, "And like Jeffrey, where's Jeffrey? Jeffrey Cornbread?" See, that would've been a great one for Willow to be like, "Cornbread, where are you, Cornbread?" And look under. Is Cornbread in your hair? You know, is she behind your hair? Is she behind your hair? Is she under the table, Cornbread? You know, um, <laughs> Jeffrey Cornbread Chapman. Um, but then, they, you know, they come in, they play the video. And she says she rolled her ankle on the acting challenge. Right? Mm-hmm. Let's think about this. From what we know about how they film this show, they'll film the challenge one day. And then the next day is Elimination Day main stage. That takes a whole day. So you're telling me on Tuesday, she injured her ankle, went through the entire day Wednesday, went home, and in theory possibly could have been on the sort of like crew weekend. We don't know, right? Um, and now she's like, I'm injured? She didn't know. We didn't know it the next day? The next day? She didn't know? And she seems to be walking around just fine. I'm not saying she didn't. What I'm saying is she didn't do it on the acting challenge. Maybe Taylor was a little right. She might have been doing walking to craft services or um, – there was no dancing in this one um, – doing something else. I don't think it was during that. It doesn't make any sense. Robert, you want to weigh in on that? 
Uh, no, but I love the conspiracy in general. I always have conspiracy. Now I'm thinking, is it during the uh, Let the Music Play segment? Maybe Cornbread busted out and tried to do the worm and she oh, twisted something else. You know what? You're right. Not but the worm. you know what, too? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. When you are well, – Cornbread's not that old, but when you get old and, and stuff, you start injury. I wouldn't say fat because Adam Burns and I have talked about this and he's not fat or anything. Is you start injuring yourself in your sleep. You like starting, you see me wake up and you're like, oh, my ankle. Like, how did I just hurt my ankle when I was sleeping? So, I don't know. Maybe it's something like that. Now, by the way, too, this is episode five. So, in theory, they've been there a little over a week or so. Maybe close coming, coming up on two. Cornbread didn't die. And she's not going to prison. The way they're reacting as if we're never going to see Cornbread again. Willow is crying. She's crying. Like, like she they went through Vietnam corn- together. Yeah, she didn't know cornbread two weeks ago. Co- two weeks ago, she didn't know cornbread. Willow's not from L.A. Now she knows cornbread, and she's sobbing. I agree. That was actually what I was going to say was one of the things I didn't like from the episode, but yeah. I thought it was too mean-spirited and nasty. Oh, I was just on, like, y'all need to calm in the right place. Yeah, you're on the right fucking show, baby. <laughs> uh, it was it was overwrought, for sure. Um, but in general, I mean, the show you know did a whole challenge about this last week where they're, you know, they're trying to get their emotional lines in and all the just excessive drama. And then RuPaul. I also, no, go ahead, Jake. I think these, these situations put you in a weird position because you are with these people for 12 hours or 14 hours out of the day and you just latch onto somebody and when that per, like the anchor, like the one you go to and make like the weird conversations with is taken from you, you're like, oh, now what? So I, I understand you're in a pressure cooker with these situations, yes. but it is, it's a bit much. It's a bit much. <laughs> um, by the way, I love how RuPaul goes. RIP. <laughs> RuPaul goes. Da, 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 da. She did not have the gold candy bar. Like, <laughs> no one is believing this ruse. No I bet one, you can't read yeah. the room. Yeah, no one, no one, zero people think that the that there's one gold candy bar. <laughs> no one is thinking this. I, if I yeah. could, I would give that big uh, Agatha from uh, WandaVision wink, like. <laughs> <laughs> they bought a lot of goodwill for the chocolate twist with that sad trombone sound. I think without it, we would have mm-hmm. just probably had gays marching in the street by now. <laughs> I, I would love it. Like, who do you think is going to get the gold bar? Let's take bets right now because there's no consequences. I think I know who it's going to be. Jay, who do you think? My thought is, I don't think, I think Carrie Colby has been coasting oh, really? in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I don't, not coasting, but she has not performed she's been kind of in the baseline. And I think that when she has a lip sync where she doesn't do as well, they're going to be like, give her the gold, give her the gold. <laughs> Robert, do you agree? Uh, I totally see that perspective. I see it for Willow. Oh, um, I think they're giving her the cinnamon one. bun, precious protect her mm-hmm. edit narrative. And they're probably going to do whatever they can to allay a fan outrage when she probably loses a lip sync. I was with Jay. I thought it was going to be uh Carrie. I, uh, truly though i could see for will i feel like and angeria willow or carrie at any moment could have that golden ticket i think that those yeah. are the three that they're like we will protect these ones yeah uh all right uh let's move uh, did you guys get all your thoughts out oh let's talk about the mini challenge we didn't talk about the mini challenge so the mini challenge that's what i'm calling it, even though they don't describe it as such uh they have to pop yeah. balloons on uh the pit crew which i don't know about bruno but uh the redheaded one uh bryce is straight which i'm gonna talk about in a second and um the the queens have to like take these balloons put them between them almost like in a shitty like baby shower wedding shower kind of thing 
uh, and there's mm-hmm. a gold glitter. Tell them what team they're on. Uh, Robert, let's start with you. What did you think of this challenge? Do you have any thoughts on it? Anything big? It was really uh, fun to see them do something unabashedly gay again and just having a good, yes. grand old time. Yes. Of course, we got the, oh my God, Maddie is straight moment, which I think we're going to be subjected to every episode. So I'm just getting used to it until probably next week when she goes home. But... <laughs> um or the week after. I don't think she has much longer. Uh, but other than that, I think it was a great time. Uh, I was happy to see uh, Georgia's <laughs> prance and do her little chihuahua thing, I guess. And other than, yeah, it was a fun time. There's a moment where, where Georgia keeps going like, I, 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 as she's trying to pop the balloon. And a hundred percent, because people may not know this, he, he's sort of the invisible co-host today. Christian calls himself a top. And I was like, this is 100% how Christian tops. <laughs> One hundred percent. By the way, just a plug for the Porn Decor Lounge. Christian posted this, by the way. There is a video of Christian's roommate filming herself as she listens to Christian get railed uh, in the other room. And you hear the I, I, I in the Porn Decor Lounge. Once again, everyone, Christian posted this. Okay. What? Yeah, exactly. And so, what? now you don't see anything. It's just his his roommate oh. Jake. Yeah, it's his like, roommate wow. Jake. Him and his roommate have a very comfortable no, relationship. It's his roommate Jake Curve is filming her face reacting as she's listening to her roommate uh, get railed in the other room. And uh, porn to Corlands, patreon.com slash afterthought media to hear good all that good them. stuff. Robert, have you, I know because you, you, you haven't, have you seen that? Have you listened to it? I have actually. I was I was honestly doing a scroll up, 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 and then I saw that J Curve's face, and I was like, "Oh, I have to listen to this video." Uh, and I didn't know that Christian was going to. No, I knew. I knew that Christian was going to sound like that. Let's be real. Yeah, it sounds exactly the way you thought it would be. Um, yeah. it's it's the same reactions when like uh when Robert doesn't know a famous designer. It's pretty much the same thing, but just over and over again. <laughs> just imagine that on repeat. Um. Here's the thing with the, what did you think about the balloon challenge, Jay? Did you say what your thoughts are already? Uh, I think it's just a fun way to do the pre-selected teams that they already had. You know, <laughs> Don't you think that the producers handed them a balloon yes, and they're like, you okay, never this saw, one's on orange? You never yeah. saw one take a balloon. You never yeah. saw them go up, pick a balloon and go. There's just, there was just a balloon. So, but it's more fun to have this mini challenge, quote unquote. But yeah, yeah. I think it's more fun way. Yeah. Yeah. And also it's one of those things that would make me miss going to a gay bar and watching the show because it's such, it would so, it would crush at a gay bar just people would just be dying you know but um but what a couple of things yeah it's during like maddie having to do the balloon challenge okay whatever also bryce is straight so every single time are they like oh bryce and bryce is the one quote-unquote bottoming are they like oh my god it's like okay you know they're not really fucking right you know that's just a balloon and they're like popping a balloon (laughs) Confetti didn't come pouring out of the pit crew's ass when they were done fucking. And by the way, Maddie could have done what Willow. If you saw Willow used her hip. Um, Mm. Yeah, I would hit it with my ass, I feel like. That was very brave. I can't believe they did that because Willow could have like broken her, like like her, just broken in bones. It's been like this pile is falling apart. Just a shambles. Yeah, it's just a shambles. That's why she probably used her hip. She's probably going to, she's going to be like, gosh, next week. Where's Willow? (laughs) During the balloon challenge. I shattered my hip when I pressed it up against Bruce, my Bruno. Poor Willow, my God. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, that's all, that's all I have. And do you guys have any other <laughs> thoughts on the? Have any other thoughts on the mini challenge? Anything going on there? No. It, all right. No, I'm good. It, yeah. Go ahead, Robert. Yeah. Oh no, that was it. 
All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break, and when we come right back, we're going to discuss the rest of the episode. Hi. My name is Joe Batanz, and uh, I want to talk to you about something serious. Every fucking season on this show, some big fat pig rolls her ankle and has to leave the competition. So I founded a nonprofit to stop drag race from injuring our beloved large queens. I'm calling it Save the Whales. And here to discuss it, we have... We ran out of music. Start again. (laughs) Yeah, we'll talk talk about that. Notice that my cheap, not a major studio ass will not run out of music. But Jay, did you want to talk a little bit about Save the Whales? You know, we lost Eureka. We lost Mm -hmm. uh, Victoria Scone. And now we've lost Cornbread the Snack Jeté. Every season we lose a queen. And it hurts my heart to see them leave. (laughs) When they're gone, I let out tears. And know that I will never conquer this fear. Thank you. Robert? I'm not as poetic, but this is a You ran out of music. I'm sorry. You ran out of music. You ran out of music. (laughs) Try it again. Try it again. I think about. I don't even know why that just happened. You ran out of music again. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. This time, I'm going to put it longer. Go ahead. I think about Ocean Aqua Black, who also rolled her ankle on a season back. I think about Victoria, Eureka, and Cornbread. And I just want to say, I don't have anything to rap with that. Oh, I got it. Like, what, did, what was the line you just said right now? I think about uh, all those other girls. Eureka, Victoria, and okay, okay. Cornbread. I think about Eureka, Victoria, and Cornbread, and why the cast acts like they are dead. That works. You're gonna I don't see think it them. rhymes, but it works. <laughs> Next week, you'll see them at Mickey's. Giving out hickeys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'll be on the next season for honestly sometimes whatever goddamn reason yeah um (laughs) something wait hold on i don't know what she has in her stash but how has this not happened to silky nutmeg ganache Because she was so damn ready. hard to buy a knee brace when you know you're coming to dance some bullshit on Drag Race. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's a really good point. Jay, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I said Silky Nutmeg was ready. <laughs> yeah. I am ready if I need. Then she goes out there and does the worst. <laughs> one of the one worst, of the worst lip syncs I've ever seen. And you know what's so funny? I've never. Remember, because then she did. I will say, in fairness to Silky. Hold on. Why are we talking about season 11 right Oh, that's now? right. <laughs> Guys, if you want to save a queen, go to patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. Because I am also a big fucking fat queen, and I could roll my ankle at any minute. So support a queen. Save the whale. Patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia.
the workroom, the teams get to work on their PSA. You see, that always makes Taylor laugh. These guys looked at me, they're stone-faced. <laughs> Taylor is yeah. crying with laughter when I do the yeah. Mm-hmm. And you guys are like, uh-huh. Proceed. I thought <laughs> it was wrote. Yeah, it is. In the workroom, the, te- the, the three teams get to work on their PSAs. Team Tempest wants to use candy. Oh, I'm sorry, use candy ho. Team <laughs> Tempest wants to use candy. <laughs> One word really makes a difference. Yeah. More Team Cornbread. Team Tempest wants to use Candy Ho, calling Tempest old, and Team James hones in on her ill-fated cheerleading challenge. During the table visits, it's revealed no one on Team Kimura has won a challenge, and Kimura still can't nail, I was rooting for us! On Team James, Orion struggles to tell Rue how their PSA will be funny, and Tempest encourages her team to be as mean as they need to be to win. Let's start with our very own Roberto Mata. Um, Robert, is your birth certificate Roberto or is it uh, Robert? It's Robert. It ends at the T. So does this show. Um. Oh! <laughs> Robert with one T. <laughs> okay, Robert, what were your thoughts on the Oh, was that playing Elliot? <laughs> Oh. Robert with one T. Yeah, it was not. It was not good. Name. It was bunk. But uh, let's see. What were my thoughts on this segment of the episode? Well, uh, as Jay said earlier, I really enjoyed uh, getting to see all these uh, relics from Drag Race seasons past. Uh, Tempest seemed to be having a good time, which doesn't seem to be common for her on this show. Every time it usually uh, pans to her, she's making a sour face. But she was having a good uh, uh, self sort of. Uh, enjoy just she was having a good time and then we have uh you know kimura who i think at this point is deliberately not learning the cadence of i was rooting for you how was she never on the internet does she not know this like one of the like basic memes of like all of meme pantheon i don't understand um but good for her i guess if she uh manages to stay away from all of that stuff I love that Robert made really astute points and they're really great. And I was the entire time not listening. And I was just thinking that, oh, if his mom was Cher, his his name would have ended with, oh, oh I'm Cher, bitch. <laughs> and I was so, I was looking for the clip. And I, I'm, when I hear this point later, Robert, when I'm listening to the show, I will be, oh my God, what a great fucking point. I'll have like three other points and I'll probably text you privately and make my points. But I was too busy <laughs> focusing on the Cher joke. <laughs> I always love how Chad Michaels definitively said that Cher doesn't do that whole, like, I'm not even going to pretend to do it, but the lip and the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the next episode, she does it to appease RuPaul. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Uh, for Okay, so walking into the challenge, I thought that orange team was going to be the best because that was Deja Sky, Carrie, uh, Carrie yeah. uh, Georges, and Angie. Mm-hmm. Angeria. Mm-hmm. And it was Tempest who seemed really game for this challenge. Like she said, be meaner, be like, let's go in, let's actually do this and really like poke fun at me. Mm-hmm. And I think that that just comes with experience of Tempest being, I don't know, like an older queen who is ready to like read herself and have fun with the challenge. So that was my favorite going into it. I thought that that team was going to be the strongest. Do you have any thoughts on that, Robert? I, I agree. Only positive thumbs up thoughts any other thoughts on because i was gonna are we only doing cheap team orange right now because i was gonna say um i do love on this part when tempest mentioned she was called old the candy ho erasure is still real they don't say candy ho it's just like they show candy ho saying it but they don't say candy ho they don't mention her name i think even the show loves to erase candy ho robert you want to weigh in on that 
Well, I wish they had used Candy's most famous moment, which is when she said, what the fuck? Um, and we didn't get any of that reference at all. Um, but. Oh, really? Cause I think, I think Candy Ho's most famous moment is, let me see here. Mother does not play. That's going to be also, guys, when you hear this later, the amazing edit that I did, that, that sounds so smooth. Um, okay. Uh, what were you saying, Robert? Uh, just that Candy Ho didn't, as you said, she doesn't really have many moments, though, because the show's intent on erasing her. I can't remember if she ever got any sort of uh, vulnerability or anything other than just killing a few lip syncs and then dipping on back to Puerto Rico. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on these moments of the workroom or the table visits? It's Any Robert, do you have any notes there do you want to share? I expected whoever was on Tempest's team to go home because Tempest in her season, you know, went home first. And then when she came back for that makeover challenge, she was paired with uh, uh, Jada, Jaden Dior Fierce. And Jaden Dior Fierce also went home that episode. So I've kind of thought that there's a bit of a Tempest curse, mm-hmm. but I think they bucked it. She's free. She's liberated. All is well. <laughs> yeah. The rule of threes did not apply there. Exactly. I thought these table visits were kind of like boring, yeah. boo boo. They they didn't. There was no result. There was no helping or anything. It was just the same old. What are you going to do to stand out this time? And it's just what is a queen going to say? Do the same thing I'm always going to do, and you guys are just going to tell me I'm doing it wrong? Yeah. Like I I don't understand what they actually think is going to change here. So that uh, was it. Um, first of all, there's a, there's a few. First of all, I gotta say this. And this is really weird. Georgia's in her confessional is not really doing it for me. But Georgia's in the workroom. I'm like, hmm. You know, like, she's very, very, very cute in the work. I think it's to do with the, I'm not Christian here, but like sort of the color scheme of her outfit and whatnot in the confessional. This just doesn't work for her. But like, in the workroom, she looks fantastic. Um, but apart from that, I don't know what that bitch is going to do when she loses her looks because she is a motherfucking idiot. George, uh, Robert, wait on this. <laughs> you know how you said Christian is your cousin who, you know, kind of grinds on yeah. you and has just always been there? Uh, George just feels like that to me. In my head, I just think of her affectionately as like little Georgie. Uh, and I, one, I don't understand why she's wearing that neon windbreaker in her confessional. It's definitely giving a uh, morning run down Coenga. Yeah. But I think uh, she is all looks, but I love the short Thea energy she brings to the runway, the stage, the confessionals. She's just getting her life. Yeah, she's giving me Gorge Jefferson. And, Gorge Jefferson. Yeah, that's Robert. So I was getting Gorge Washington. Oh, really? I was getting Gorge Burns. Not Gorge Michael. Gorge Michael too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Jay, do you want to weigh in whether Georges is an idiot or not? <laughs> A really important topic. Yeah. Uh, Georges popped for me this episode, and I, I not to jump to the lip sync, but that was part of it. But I thought that her in the workroom was just fun energy. Mm-hmm. She seemed like a really good time. All right, very good. Now, by the way, I want to point out too that James Mansfield wrote RuPaul asks uh, him out of drag, uh, "What have what have you been doing?" And he goes, "He goes, I've been doing so much." And the only thing I could think of is he popped up on one episode of Camp Wanakiki. This horrible. Horrible camp wanting to get That's what James Mansfield is going on this camp wanting Kiki. Jay, have you seen? I know Robert has not seen camp wanting Kiki. Jay, have you seen this camp wanting Kiki? I haven't had the pleasure. I haven't dipped a toe into those waters what a of camp horrible show. This camp wanting Kiki is. It's pretty much made by Hamburger Marys. Okay, <laughs> delivery. Robert, you live in West Hollywood. Jay, you never lived in West Hollywood, but you know Hamburger Marys very well. Because this is the point it. I'm trying to make. Because everyone's like, Joe hates Hamburger Marys. Okay? No! My point is this. 
Why would anyone, anyone pay $25 to get a, an Applebee's uh, burger delivered to them? The reason it's what you're essentially paying is an entertainment tax when you go to Hamburger Mary's to see Jasmine Masters roll down the stairs. Okay. Mm. You are not, you're not going like, Oh, I'm so glad I have, you know, the like, uh, the, cunt burger or whatever they have there you know it's like it's like cheese umami yeah um nachos and tortillas or something like that right and um corner flour because they might be in (laughs) do you think do you think they still have those burgers from the all-stars one finale where they dedicated a burger to each of the finalists because i did go and try and get them and i was like yeah can i have the chad michaels burger and they're like what are you talking about (laughs) get out of here faggot right (laughs) I love calling people faggots at Hamburger Mary's. Yeah. No, I know. They're, they're really strangely homophobic. Um, I think I would be too if I worked there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm, that's my thing is just like – and then they put on – you know what? The show Camp Wanakiki is pretty much on par with the food product they put out. It's cheap. It's horrible. It goes on way too long. I don't know what that has to do with food. But uh, <laughs> well, are you talking about James Mansfield? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So James, Mansfield. okay. Uh, doesn't she have a successful YouTube channel? Isn't like Very. that's her main thing? Okay, a yeah. So I business. think that's, okay. Oh, okay. He, I don't know how because does he talk in that James Mansfield voice? Or does he talk in the drag voice? She does the 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 Palm Springs bimbo voice. Does, I can't. That voice is nails on a chalkboard to me. It is. Uh, oh. I love how for however many long James has been in the public eye, she out of drag is still extremely uncomfortable on camera and her body language just kind of reads roly poly. And I don't understand why she hasn't swung into it yet. She did great on that RuPaul's Christmas movie, though. Yeah, I think she, you guys, what, yeah, Jay? I'm going to be the, co- I kind of enjoyed her, uh, not out, uh, not season nine, but seeing her here, I kind of enjoyed her. I thought she was fun. This I don't know. I interviewed. That's valid. I don't. I don't dislike her. I just think that she makes herself an easy target by kind of always giving a shoulder instead of you know front facing confidence. <laughs> don't you remember when she walked into the workroom for the first time? She's just like wiggling, like ooh, ooh. <laughs> because I'm sure the producers say like stand there for a few minutes, and she just didn't know what to do. You're right. She's uncomfortable on camera, and maybe I'm endeared to her because I think I've only seen her in spurts. I don't watch the YouTube channel. But from what I saw, like, this could be a fun character. I don't know how much I'd want to go. I see what see you're her, saying, but... yeah, because there, there is a moment in this episode when she's in boy drag, it's in the workroom, and she makes some sort of funny joke. I don't remember what it is. <clears throat> and she does that thing that uncomfortable people do where she makes the joke, where, she, where she's like, you know, um, uh, Berg her, I don't even know her. And, but then she does this thing where she does the shifty eyes as a visual thing, and she goes like, like to see if anyone <laughs> laughed, and I'm like, "Oh, you're so awkward." Yeah, you know she, you know she came with the puppets, but you know she actually genuinely loves puppets. You know why? Everybody loves. Puppets. Thank you. Yeah, there it is. Puppets. This is when you have real drag fans. They know that everybody loves puppets. All right, let's move on with the show here. This Jay, we can't be meandering here. Uh, it's time to record the PSAs with Michelle Visage on Team Tempest. Georgia struggles with timing, and Deja forgets her lines. Over on Team Kamora, Lady Camden needs to speak louder, and Bosco gives her character an edge. Meanwhile, on Team James, Orion's outfit doesn't fit her fit doesn't fit doesn't fit her team's theme, and Jasmine gets called out for sounding like the Count uh, 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 from Sesame Street. Let's start with our our very good friend Jay Ellis here. Jay, your thoughts on the recording of the PSAs? Okay, I could dissect this whole section 
for a month if I wanted to. Yeah. But the main thing I'll give is nobody ever but, brought up Sally Struthers, who was like known mm-hmm. for a PSA, I think in the 90s, Stop. maybe Robert, early who's 2000s. Sally, Sally Struthers? I don't know. I'm just nodding along. <laughs> exactly. Like, Jake, now you know <laughs> well, why they did Let me be. Now, let me live in ignorance for a second. Now, it's a rare treat. Now you know She's why. She's loquacious. Now you know why. <laughs> Now you, Sally Struthers, I love her. I'll join the pod if she's on it. Uh, now you know why they didn't reference Sally Struthers, Jay. But okay, well, that would be a great to me. That would be a great snatch game character because RuPaul would like that. Yes, and before Sarah McLaughlin was the ASPCA woman, Sally Struthers was doing what for Africa? I think for Africa, uh, Ethiopia, Ethiopia. The so children. same idea, just for the children, exactly. So. uh I don't know. I guess that was a reference that I thought. But in Rue's whole table visit, she's like, we want it to be taken seriously because that's the funny joke is you guys are delivering these ridiculous lines seriously. Then cut to Michelle giving direction where she goes, go ham, girl. Like, just like go in, like lean into this character, do this and like say it with a, you know, got to fit it in. I'm like, they're doing Hamilton rhyming and like terrible words where Rue wanted like a more serious affect to the the message and i think it would have been funny played straight and have the visuals be funny but i don't know it just nothing clicked for the actual like final thing but i don't know it, it i don't know that's that's my thing i liked having the callbacks to season seven you know tempest uh kimura and james having like what they're known for on the show because immediately like what an impact that some of these queens had in just one episode mm-hmm. or two ep- i mean some of them were around for three but yeah, I don't know. It was interesting. Yeah, come morning, go home to like episode four because I remember they did a like super extensive thing. Robert, what were your thoughts? Uh, it it definitely didn't seem like the brief was clear or really well thought out. Not even just the rhyming, but also the tone that they wanted to give. And so, with the notes are when the notes were different for different people, it sort of made me as a viewer feel like I wasn't sure what to watch for and how to judge adequately. I mean, I guess they have the judges lying to me the whole time, so maybe that's not important. <laughs> um, but I did feel like uh, Jasmine Kennedy's Dr. Seuss voice was a very strange cadence to kind of keep going. And I was not thrilled to know that everyone followed that general pattern of speech. So uh, it was just a strange uh, structure of a challenge that I thought could have been a fun, more sort of knife twisty patronizing thing that turned into, uh, I don't know. I felt kind of sad for the Queens by the end. Well, you know, what's so funny is, did you notice that Michelle said, I'm not, I'm only the eyes. I'm not, she's, she didn't say I'm not directing you, but she was like, I'm only, cause I think that this Michelle has so hated the sort of mean, evil bitch, um, persona. Role. Yeah, that she's yeah. now she's trying to be the mama, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like so she was very. I was thinking like season three Michelle when like when Deja Sky was flubbing her line would have been the one raised eyebrow, like what'd you say about drag you, you know, like uh, <laughs> that was a rough spot. Well, I think that Michelle's coming as a seasoned veteran actor now. Oh, oh, and that's, knows this Michelle Visage, yeah. right? She thinks she's an actress. She on this AJ and the Queen, they created a role for her. They created an entire character for her, and she's so bad she couldn't even land a role that was created for her. They had to give it to this uh, girl from Wayne's World too. Um, I don't remember her name. Oh, was that supposed to be Tia Michelle Carrera? Yeah. Oh, you can't tell when you watch it. I didn't watch. She was so really a man, and blah 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 blah. Like oh, those, are, they were all jokes that they would say about Michelle, but. They had to, no one ever looks at Tia Carrera and thinks she used to be a man. That in a, in a terms of weird trans, because not not AJ and the Queen being transphobic, 
you know? Yeah, I feel like that's a really weird thing. Wasn't that like in 2018? What a weird bridge to cross at that We time. tried to cover it in the Queen. Laurie and I couldn't make it past episode one, right? Because mm-hmm. it would take us 80 minutes just to get in the Chinese restaurant scene with RuPaul. Did you watch this, AJ, and the Queen, Robert? Begrudgingly, yeah. It was just kind of something I threw on in the background while I was moving into a Are new there any actual so shows the- you watch in the foreground? Uh, Drag Race. <laughs> Abbott Elementary. <laughs> oh, that's good. I like it. That's and even then, I'm only three episodes in, so I can't even call it like watching the show, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if Sensei was on, I'd be watching the shit out of that over and over again. If what was on? Sense eight. Oh, oh sense eight. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, just didn't, I, I got swallowed up. Um, okay. So anyway, go back to what you were saying, Jay. But I feel like they fucked with him in other ways with this weird music thing with George's. I'm like, well, why is there music? Pl- you, your job as the editor, let her go and then cut it down. Or why is there a music thing? It can keep. Like I just told you, I have music on loops all the time. Well, I also think that they they hurt the girls or the like in the. The packaging of this, I kind of thought it should have been three separate, yes, like entities. Yes. And I, when we were watching them do it as teams, I was like, okay, these are going to be three separate commercials or PSAs. Mm-hmm. And then when they l- lumped them together, it's like, oh, so we're all following the same, I guess, song and scheme and stuff. It just felt very muddled, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't get that translation. Like Robert said, I felt like they were there was mixed messages, and I didn't know who was doing well because there was so many different narratives of what the people were saying they wanted from the queens. Yeah. Um, honestly, I was trying to take notes during this, and it was like, meh, it's the same thing we've seen before. Some people can't hit their lines, but again, I've said this before, I'll say it again, because this happened so much. Go to a fucking live finale, this RuPaul can't say a line to save her life, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, it, and that's fine. Welcome, you know? And, uh, <laughs> it's, just do it again. It happens all the time. Do you know, I don't know this offhand, but is, uh, Georges's, is English a second language for Georges? Robert, tell us, you're Mexican. It doesn't feel like it. I think that unfortunately she's just not particularly loquacious. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, totally know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, a moment where Georges had that same exact thing and Michelle, I think, said, maybe this is going to be a smash cut or something like that. <laughs> it was some like radio or, uh, uh, commercial term and George's clearly not knowing what it was was like oh yeah I could do that for sure <laughs> Michelle well, yeah. and I mean Joe you kind of said it but I don't think that there was really a weak link I don't think anybody had like the the really hard unless they didn't show it but it felt like the queens were able to move through this somewhat easily like they all understood the it closest I would say but to me like this wasn't discussed in the workroom was Orion seemed to be out of step with what what the other girls were doing and I don't mean necessarily in what she did, but in terms of her look and her delivery, they were doing more like, you know, a working woman, and she was doing like drunk housewife. And mm-hmm. that would be the closest. But they were even trying to say that Orion was really bad, and it wasn't in the finished product, it wasn't much worse than anybody else's. Between this and Untucked, I don't think Orion had many fans in the room. I don't think many people were like, loving being there with orion i didn't watch orion like. i didn't watch untucked what happened with orion and untucked it just seemed like everybody was pumping up georgia's like you know you're gonna go out there you're gonna slay oh, really? you're gonna kill mama whoever you're against like show no pity kill her kill her and it's just like orion's like cutting eyes at everybody um sorry because i had to edit out a really awful offensive joke that robert made about orion being homeless so that was, <laughs> that was the beep you heard there 
Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> it's elimination day, and the queens all feel confident about their performances. Orion thinks she could pull off a win. Georges discusses her drag origin story, and Willow shares her struggles with her chronic illness. Let's start with our very own Robert with one T Mata. Um, Robert Matt. Um, Robert kills. I guess there's actually two T's there, isn't there? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Whatever. Uh, I think it was your standard uh, in the mirror sort of sob story up moment mm-hmm. that you know we get every episode. And it was interesting that they did it for Willow so soon after already doing it just a couple episodes prior. Mm-hmm. So it it I would love to see more from Willow that isn't oh I'm crying and I miss my girl Cornbread mm-hmm. and oh of course naturally uh, obviously it's important that she reminds us all what her physical limitations are and the decline is really devastating to think about it at the age of 26. Um, I just don't know why the producers chose to give us that story essentially back to back. Um, but otherwise I think the girls were having a good time kikiing and getting ready for the stage. And uh, Willow showed a picture of her family and I thought her dad was pretty damn hot. Why didn't the camera linger there longer? Oh, Willow's dad. I don't remember him. Well, I assume it was your dad. Yeah, I didn't see him. Uh, I don't remember that. Yeah, Jay, go, what back. are your thoughts, Jay? Uh, the thing that stood out to me was Georges in <laughs> as a child dancing the same way that she was dancing on the stage. <laughs> it was really fun to watch that. Um, but yeah, I mean, the mirror moments are always going to be the, you know, prompted by a producer, clearly, and then a, somebody just goes, so what are your thoughts on Al-Qaeda? And it's just like, what? Like, where did this come from? Oh, I would love to have so, George asking, like, those complicated questions. George, is, is Spotify making the right decision about uh, Joe Rogan? <laughs> Joe Rogan? I don't know. But Who's Joe Rogan? Uh, Joe Rogan. I don't know. When I was in my kitchen as a young child, though, I was listening to Joe Rogan while I vogue. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Joe, it was, it's, Joe Vogan? It's interesting. I know her. Anyway, what were you saying? I watched Fear Factor in third grade. Wasn't it gross, girl, eating those bull testicles? Yeah, George's is giving me very much that little soon-to-be gay kid from um, Kids Trying. What's the name of that kid? You know who I'm talking about? Oh, he's on all kinds of... I know, George's. He's on all kinds of memes. (laughs) He's on all kinds of memes, but he's like... They have these kids who try, like, different things, you know? And he's in all of them. Mm -hmm. And and he's so gay, which is funny. Because he's like nine or ten now, or I don't know how old he is. And now he's like still gay, but super anti-gay. He's like, oh. like Lohanthony. Yes, kind of like Lohanthony, where he's like, I don't like gay people, right? I'm all like, um, it's kind of awkward. Who's gonna break it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's gonna tell yeah. him? <laughs> yeah, like Frozen. <laughs> um, are you gonna be the first to tell him? Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, the little gay kid. What were we talking about? How did we get on this? The, I was saying how I enjoyed George's dancing, but the, the mirror moments. I mean, and I agree with you, Robert. I don't know why we got Willow because it's almost like Evie oddly. Like, I don't want to remember Willow pill for the, I want to remember her drag and not the conditions of her kidney. Yeah. But it's funny. Now it makes what? sense why Evie oddly took such a shine to Willow pill that they both have these mm-hmm. like afflictions that they can, they have to sort of take advantage of their youth because later on they won't be able to do it. They're going to be like in 20 years, they're going to be like the end of death becomes her. You know, together. Like, where'd you park the car? Or is that the line? Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. two of them together. I'm going to be doing now a, a warning. <laughs> my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they made a rotten deal with them. What's the name of the actress again? Isabella Rosalina. Thank you. Do you know what we're talking about, Robert? Yeah, I watched it in the 80s. Were you even alive in the 80s? 
No, that's the joke, Joe. Oh. Same. <laughs> I'm Tempest Azure, by the way. And uh, this rotten bitch just called me old. Um, and sent me home. Yeah, you know, the Willow thing, I, I saw in the live episode discussion, people were really moved in uh, our Patreon Discord uh, live episode. Like, somebody was saying that they had real tears going down their face. I was just a, a heartless bitch eating popcorn while I was watching it. What about you, Robert? Were, did you? Did it really move you? I, I certainly didn't have any tears for it. I, you know, usually save those for my work day, but I did definitely feel for, feel for her and, you know, understand really even feeling at the, my tender age of 29, I could start to feel my body start to decline too. And I am allegedly able bodied. So I can only imagine how much more severe of that, uh, she has to experience every single day, especially in a demanding career like drag. Okay. Yeah. I liked, uh, I, I enjoyed hearing the donation from her brother, like how it all came to be. It's, I don't know, stuff like that. It just kind of opens up and lets, again, this show has a platform for a very specific amount of people. And it does, it taught me something that I didn't know about, which is kind of interesting. I don't know. Things like that. It it was a sad, RuPaul could have totally weighed in on this. I mean, like, oh, your brother, big uphill? Big uphill? How how would a baby, big uphill? Big uphill? Big big uphill? (laughs) Not a little pill, not, but a big not old pill. Not a little pill, but a big old pill. Is that your brother, big old pill? Goodness. <laughs> I don't think RuPaul's doing that anymore, is she? No. I don't remember <laughs> do hearing it. Do you know how it. fast they, they said, bitch, get in here, do ADR, because you did that too many times, <laughs> and people hate it online. You are re-recording every little will, will, pill. Well, why haven't they done that then with, uh, do I know her? Is she finishing from Pacoima? Robert loves to clock all the dumb jokes. The It's a constant of I don't know her, or... Um, I call it uh, just not even the lowest hanging fruit, just the fucking a bruised fruit on an exposed root on the ground. Just I'm tired of hearing every time Ross has the same boring ass take and Carson will come with the same like elementary school pun. The <laughs> yeah, one thing I Carson. will say, and yeah. Jay will agree with me, I still love though. What the fuck did you just call me? I don't know why that still makes me laugh, but the other ones I agree. I'm here okay. for that one. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. It's, I feel like that's a rarer one. Like maybe we'll only get it every like 15 episodes or so. Yeah. Well, there is a little bit of an element of surprise too, because she'll, you know, like, you know, big old pill. What did you just call me? You know, anyway, um, I don't really have much to say about the elimination. We just did 20 minutes on it, but uh, any other thoughts on elimination day? (laughs) No, let's get to the runway. Wow. Wow. Jay. Jay's a busy girl. I know, Jay's He's really, tired I know. Man. Where do you have to go, Jay? Go take a little pill. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if you really want to hear the runway in depth, you're going to listen to Bring It to the Runway, both on Patreon and over at uh, Right Now, Spotify, coming soon everywhere. Bring It to the Runway every week. Christian uh, Ochoa, well, actually our, our good friend Robert Mata comes on here. And, uh, you know, so, but, you know, just to give us a little taste, Robert, a little preview Give us your favorite look and your least favorite look from the night. My favorite look was probably I'm running through them in my head. I'll give really you a little quickly. bit of time. I'll give you a little time because the category is yeah. spring has sprung. Jay, do you have it ready? Do you know what you're? Did you come prepared? I figured that bring it to the runway was going to do an in depth yeah. thing, so I only wrote down my top three. Sure, do it. So my top, and because it was camp, and I love the tea bag earrings, was Lady Camden. Mm-hmm. 
I liked Deja Sky's mask. It's like a mesh with the bunny. Mm-hmm. I I liked that. Robert, don't you dare look at me like this. I don't like that face. And then my third was Willow Pill because I liked the... It was outside of the box or outside of the house. I thought that was very interesting and funny. But none of them really were like spring has sprung. I guess that was the runway prompt. And I didn't really understand what a lot of the girls did except for flowers. Mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah. But yeah, th- those were the ones that stood Robert, out. Robert, what about you? Lots of pastel pink. I don't personally really associate spring with pink. I'm sure I'll go on a tirade about it later. Uh, but my favorite would have to be willow pill probably for entire presentation uh i think she did a great job elevating that sasha velour house on your head idea and just yeah. you know put the whole damn head in the house uh, my least favorite is probably going to be controversial but i think it was carrie colby mm-hmm. um it just was sort of a hot mess of a look and i am going to be really surprised to see what christian has to say well you know what it's funny that carrie you say colby. that i actually have a special time machine that i built So so, uh, why don't you say it again? You know, I'm really surprised that my least favorite look of the night was from Carrie Colby. Bitch, what? Bitch, look at the what you're fucking wearing. A fucking black shirt. Who are you, Joe Batanz 25 years ago? Like, you're going to come in here and discuss my girl, Carrie Colby? Fuck, she's wearing fucking Balenciaga the house down boot. What the fuck have you done, motherfucker? When have you fucking worn any clothes? Girl, the, in high school, your biggest thing was you went to uh, the American Eagle one time and bought a bracelet. How are you reading this girl? This bitch could run around you in circles with clothes. Don't come for her. I worked at, uh, the, the, I don't know, uh, the, the, the Limited 2 15 years ago, and I dressed bitches from there. And you're like, okay. Limited 2. <laughs> limited 2. <laughs> Christian, Christian dressed half the bitches at the Met Gala, according yeah. to him. Bitch, what do you fucking know about the Met Gala? Bitch, I am the Met Gala. My name is Ochoa. You know why? Because it rhymed with Met Gala. I know that's a stretch, but don't come for me. I've been there. I stood in the grandstands and watched Beyonce walk in. What the fuck did you do? Okay. So hear more of that. Go over to Spotify and uh, or Anchor.com and br- look, type in Bring It to the Runway, another Afterthought Media hit show. And you just heard a preview. This is a, a hostile work environment <laughs> for you, Robert. It really it's is. It's actually completely normal. I'm just used to sort of brushing it all off and just kind of nodding along and being like, yeah, I, I guess I can agree, but that doesn't mean I don't have opinions. So. Yeah, it'll be like Robert goes like, you know what I like? To have eight Uncrustables in one sitting. Bitch, what the fuck do you know about an uncrustable? Have you ever had a crust in your life? But Chris, the crust is the best fucking part. I am from fucking Jalisco, Texas. That's not even a place, but I'm just saying. Christian's from there, though. Yeah, he's from there. I made it so. I was at the Constitution. What does that have to do with anything? He signed that shit. John Hancock, and underneath it says Christian Ochoa, and I put the number eight and an A. Anyway. All right. Those are- Far too few bitches. You have to say bitch at least every other comma. That's true. Era. Well, I'm working like on it's- it. Anyway, that's the looks. On the main stage, RuPaul names Bosco the winner of the challenge. A person we've not mentioned this entire episode won the whole thing <laughs> yeah. and places Orion's story with Georges in the bottom two, forcing them to square off in a lip sync battle for their lives. The song, My Head and My Heart by uh, charismatic icon Ava Max. In the end, Georges is told Shantae you stay while Orion's story is asked to sashay away, bringing an end to Orion's story. Ladies, any final thoughts on the episode, let's start over with um, the Mistress of the Dark herself, Mr. J. Ellis. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, overall, I, I, I'm not a Maxinista, but I do love this song by Ava Max. Mm-hmm. 
known for going into what's that game that kids play on their iPad? She did a concert in there. Um, not it's Fortnite. No. Um, oh, Word Roblox. <laughs> Roblox. Okay. It's this thing where she did a virtual concert, and it was very funny. Like when it happened at the time. Uh, agree. I don't think she's charismatic, but watch out. I think she's going to have a great album coming up. I like the lip sync. I thought it was fun. I. It was a heavy edit toward George's. If you watch it again, Orion's story is shown maybe three times. And then it's confessionals telling us that George's is doing an amazing job, sweetie. But overall, I mean, George's is a great dancer, a great performer. And I thought it was a really fun, uh, fun way to end the episode. Hey, guys, sorry if you're listening to this later. I had to edit out an offensive joke Robert made that Orion's story was looking for a place to live during the lip sync. And uh, I had to edit that out. Robert, sorry, go ahead. What were you saying? Well, back to my Orion story thoughts. Yeah. Uh, I actually thought that Orion looked uh, really damn good. I usually am not into the um, sort of, uh, what's the word? The pale face the with the hobo <laughs> aesthetic. <laughs> God. Uh, no, the uh, the damn burlesque adjacent mm-hmm. uh, 90 night sort there, of look. Actually, in the early 90s. Oh, excellent. Mm-hmm. In the Heights. Mm-hmm. But we would have... Um, Usually Orion sort of give us a, a Michiganer, Michigander look, but here I thought she really gave us a, a sexy stoned woman who evidently can do the splits. But I also really love it when in Drag Race, the, a queen does the splits who's clearly going home and they don't edit it with the boom sound or any sort of actual like <laughs> fanfare. It's just a queen doing the splits yeah. and yeah. it's just dead space. Yeah. That's a really good No point. flourish. It, it should just make a... Like sound like it's just like a squish or something. It's I think like, after chocolate, they're gonna have to bring the trombone back for splits. Yeah, yeah. Wow, like a yeah. splat. <laughs> yeah. Jay, what about you? I think I already went. Oh, you did? Oh yeah. I loved it. I love this drink. I love. I love this lip sync. I love that. Drink. I think I'll go back and I, I I judge it off of will I go back and rewatch it? And I think I will. I, I enjoyed the song and George's performance. Oh, you'll go back and watch the lip sync, not the whole episode. Like, why would you do? Oh, that? the episode. Sorry. Oh, this whole episode. I... <laughs> what were you saying? It took me a while to find that. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. No, I liked it. I think this was out of the season so far. I think this is my top episode. Oh, really? It was very whatever yeah. about cornbread. Yeah. Are you celiac? <laughs> do you have? To <laughs> <laughs> I can't have cornbread yeah, in my silly. diet. Now, I, with the lack of cornbread, yeah, you're right. I guess I did miss her for a better portion of it, but I do think that the show will be able to stand without her, and I think we're going to have her again. That's what's kind of giving me hope, is I think we will see cornbread on season 15 mm-hmm. or somewhere. Mm-hmm. All right, very good. Uh, any Were there any notes you wanted to give that you, did, you, did, you didn't get to give them or that we glossed over them? Jay has one. Go ahead, Jay. Yeah. I wrote, why did they turn this into We Are the World at the end? Like the, they all started singing together. I've never seen a PSA devolve into a music video. It, this oh seems yeah. So it was random. almost like it was, yeah. You know what reminded me? I, I, I did think about that. It did remind me. It was sort of giving me, um, what was, can I get an amen? Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. That there. That's it. Yeah. Um, what about any other final thoughts for you, Robert? I don't know why they went with this Ava Max song instead of the original that it samples. Mm-hmm. I would have loved, uh, you know, Around the World. I was waiting for it the whole mm-hmm. time. I realized, obviously, the song name comes at the bottom of the screen, so I knew it was not going to be that. But every time the melody came up again, I was ready to be electrified, mm-hmm. and I just got our, our Albanian. Actually, she's not Albanian. She's from Wisconsin, oh. like James Mansfield. Oh. But um, 
yeah, it was it was not the song that I wanted, it, but it, we came awfully close. Mm-hmm. All right, more '90s, early 2000s uh, dance hits. I thought they learned their lesson with a thousand, hundred percent pure love last season, but uh, we haven't gotten them since. All right, well, we're gonna, we're gonna have to end it on that weird note i didn't understand well that's gonna do it for this week's episode of rupaul's drag race recap special thanks to jay ellis and robert motto for filling in for the injured taylor the latte boy meanwhile be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss dissect and deconstruct each and every episode of rupaul's drag race season 14 so for robert Mata, jay ellis and myself sashay away until next week Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at afterthought.media. You can also leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash afterthoughtmedia. For more drag race and LGBTQ content, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. Taylor has another podcast. It's called Pod is My Co-Pilot, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor the Latte Boy on Instagram and Twitter at P-I-M-C Taylor. Follow Joe Batanz on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batanz. This episode was produced by Luke Stamen and Zach Birch. Very special thanks to these expensive tier Patreon supporters. Agnesia Chopinska. April Pacheco. Astute Girl. Brad Coley. Coco San Pedro, Declan Prosser, Drew Brooks, E. Smith, Emma, Humble Pie, J. Thomas Plank, Jesse Harris, Lauren Eckert, Lionel Campbell, Lucy Carrasco, Luke Stamen, Nicholas Springham, Poppy Woods, Ricardo Herrera, Sarah Yu, Tom Bombs, Travis Newland, Troy Anderson, Zach Nelson, Corinna Williamson, Elizabeth Timmer, Nikki Baker, Robert NYC, David Olson, and Alexandra Sixth. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast.